Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JeppyDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. We are getting very close now to practice games. It is exciting, but what we need to keep in mind is, you know, roles, positions inside what they're doing, centre bounces early in games, Q1 and Q2, and um, sometimes we might be in on players that are scoring well. Sometimes we might drop off over the next couple of weeks because of a couple of low scores. What do you expect over the next couple of weeks, and how are you going to react to some of your players? Yeah, it's going to be a minefield of uh, lots of info, isn't it? We're going to have to keep a close eye on each game and, you know, starting from the centre bounces and sort of branching out from that. Um, who's missing in the games as well is really important and yep. who's missing from the quarters too. So, you know, some players may only play half a game, three quarters of a game. Yeah, exactly. And, and Tuke Miller being ruled out for the practice matches now. So obviously there's going to be some inflated centre bounce numbers for certain players and we've really got to keep that in mind um, so that's just one example there as well. Uh, just first thoughts we're going to do a um, mid-price salary option sort of top podcast uh, we've taken requests, thank you for sending those in but what I wanted to ask you is first thoughts when thinking about mid-price salary options yep. Well I think it's probably been the the biggest point of winning for the last you know top 100 players coaches for the last few years i think it's probably the most important part of the game almost you know the the rookies and primos can be pretty consistent but if you can nail one or two or three mid prices that are semi-unique and really um go above their uh break even it's uh yeah it's going to give you cash and give you points yeah for the last few years i've gone okay at mid prices but for everyone that I've got right, you know, I've got another one wrong. So, yeah, it's probably the next couple of weeks is pretty critical on a couple of players that I'm targeting. Um, but what I want to focus on on those players in particular is that obviously I do know their role already, uh, confirmation to see what they do in the practice matches. See a little bit of scoring right there as well. But just, you know, get through healthy and they're okay. But, you know, and then just to reiterate, after the practice matches are being played, that they are playing a specific strong role and there's no chance of flexibility out or split role there, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. The, the defined role is the most important part, isn't it? Yeah, and just a single role. So I'm looking at a couple of mids, but and their position is mid and mid only. Um, I don't want to be... I actually really don't want to be messing with players that are you know, mid forward and you know going to be spending 70% mid and... Yeah, because those, those scores are just way seventy um, percent forward. Sorry, so those scores can just be way too volatile. And yeah, you know, players sitting forward in fantasy—that's just a bit of a nightmare. Thoughts on that, Jeff? Yeah, totally, mate. I um, you know, we we define 
like basically my whole strategy this preseason has been try pick as many midfielders as you can, but yeah, with the one position, like you said. So, you know, we know Dunkley's going to be an inside mid like more than ever than any other season in his career. And Cornelio Taranto, they're all going to be inside role players and they're all forward, you know, forward eligible players to pick for fantasy. So, yeah, getting those roles right um, is going to go a long way. Alrighty, let's get into it. We are talking AFL fantasy season long classic mode. This is a discussion in the preseason, and we're going to do some considerations on some mid price players between 400 and 699k. Uh, this podcast is being recorded on Tuesday night, February 21, and of course the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL ratings network. You've seen a change on the AFL ratings website this year so go in there have a look at all the teams and we've got a few more changes coming up uh, before the start of the season not every single piece of information is being put on social media i am very mindful not to clog clog up everyone's social media feeds but obviously i do tweet a significant amount there as well so you're going to have to go in and look for some news uh, by yourself at times. So the content is free, likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. And Jack, we've got a couple of weeks worth of practice matches. Unfortunately, injuries are part of the game and we'll probably have to deal with some injuries there and make some adjustments um, and news as well. So obviously the, the one today that was pretty significant and impacted me was I took Tuke Miller out of my team and I had it was going to start with him at M1. Um, so that's just an adjustment that you have to make uh, um, as we head into round one. And obviously, from my point of view on Tuke Miller, the the hamstring late in the season, even though it's mild, so the hamstring late in the preseason is just like too much of a risk for me. So I'll, I'll let him start the season and see how that progress is there. So he's expected to play round one. So. But anyway, just got to make an adjustment as we go. Let's get into it, Jeff. So players price 400k to 699k. First one off here is Jason Horn Francis. So over from North Melbourne to Port Adelaide. So he's going to see pretty solid midfield usage, I would suggest, but it's going to come with some forward usage. So he's priced at 553k, which is 62.5. I think there's some pretty decent upside here. As a consideration for me at this stage, I'm not too sure I'm going to start with him, but certainly is a consideration, Chip. Yeah, there's definitely upside. Um, price is 62. It's just how many port midfielders they have rotating through there is yep. really my concern. So, we, you know, we said at the top of the pod that we've got to have defined roles for our mid-prices, and unfortunately Horn Francis doesn't qualify for me in that sense. Yeah, you've got Rosie Butters, both we know is going to go forward. You've got Wines coming off an interrupted process, and he'll be in there at like that first top three rotation. So you, you, you've got your Rosie Butters and Wines, and then you've got a group looking for centre bounces after that. Horn Francis will be part of it. But you know how much upside can there be? You know, if he blasts away in the preseason games, we might actually be looking at more midfield usage. So we'll see how we go over the practice matches for him. Next one up here is Tom Powell, 492k. Of interest here for me, five, at 55.6. Uh, he's going to play a little bit of midfield. But uh, unfortunately, what I think is going to happen for the Kangaroos, I think we're going to get a stack of players going through that midfield, and, and it's probably going to be no good for Tom Powell. So I'll have a look, I'll consider, but... I'm not too bullish at this stage on power for me. Yeah, me neither. I've got a soft spot for him. He's a hard-working mid, uh, young player coming through. Again, a bit like um, Horn Francis, probably, like you said, competing 
with quite a few names going through that midfield um, and quite high um, rotation numbers. Don't forget Will Phillips, you know, you got LDU, Simpkin, um, Cunnington, of course. So it's uh, it's a mix that he has to uh, fight against. And, um, again, we're looking for those with defined roles as inside mids only. Next one here, Finn Callahan, priced at 406k, quite juicy, actually. Price at 45.9. He's going to play midfield. I would think it's going to be more outside than inside, but he might get a look inside there as well uh, throughout the season. So he is quite juicy. He was uh, pretty much a dominant mid in his junior career. So injury interrupted last season. Um, this is one I'm considering, but you know we are only going to see the Giants through one practice match. So he's going to have to pretty much rip it apart for me to select him. I do have interest here, no joke. Yeah, me too, mate. Um, Giants got the really good early draw, and I think Callahan, like you said, he's he's not going to have that secondary position as such. He'll he'll play predominantly wing, but he won't, you know, rest on the half forward line. He'll play inside, outside, mid bench. So I'm liking that um, for a player priced at 46, and um, you know, a lot of talent about this young fella too, who um, you know came highly touted as a junior. So. There's availability in the Giants midfield, as we know. I think it ticks a lot of boxes. Next one here, James Warple for Hawthorne. 463K, which is pretty low compared to what he did in his best and fairest season. He was dominant. Different coach now, different system. Price at 52.3 points. Midfield, pretty much midfield only. But the one thing we're going to see with Hawthorne this year, they are in development mode. So whether... You know, Warpool cops Wardy Cop last year, which is a big chance because they want to throw Ward in there. They want to throw McKen- McKenzie in there. Obviously, Newcomb will be in there. And we've seen Will Day go in there um, when I was at Hawthorne Intro last week. Yeah, well, Will Day was in there way more than what I was thought he was going to be in there. And that sort of comes back, I would think, to impact Warpool. So I, I actually think I might be out on Warpool here, Jeff. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> It's a hard one to gauge, isn't it? Because, you know, what happens in the intra-club might not transpire through to these practice games in round one and beyond. So, um, look, he's a harder body. We know his primary position is midfield, inside mid. So, again, he qualifies in that aspect. I'm not, you know, too daunted by others around him. I think Hawthorne will, as the season really gets in, to the you know the earlier rounds, they'll want the bigger bodies around the footy and maybe throw in a McKenzie in every now and then and a Josh Ward to you know around the bigger stronger guys. So I think he has a big role to play and I like him. Next one here, Jack Rose uh, moves to Geelong in the off season, six oh seven k price at sixty eight point six. I think they're actually pretty much an awkward price for me. Uh, probably going to see a lot of outside stuff. So I think I actually might just might be out on. Bows to start the season, Jeff. Yeah, me too. I think, you know, we're not hearing much out of Geelong. You know, they keep to themselves quite a bit, unfortunately. And, yeah, how how we how he's been progressing, no one really knows. What his position is, no one really knows. And what do we take for us from these practice matches as gospel? I just don't trust um, Scott and his team there. So, yeah, I'm out on him as well. Jack Siebel, uh, back in defence, 537k, priced at 60.7. This is not the same game style that we've seen under Noble, where they would uh, absorb a stack of inside 50s. Uh, So it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Might possess the ball coming out of D50 a little bit, but I don't think 
uh, they're going to be considering those 65, 70 inside 50s. Therefore, it's got to be a little bit of a negative there for Siebel. So I am out on Hinge. Yeah, age puts me off Siebel too. You know, he has had a couple of soft tissues in recent years, and I think it's just too risky. Next one here, Ben Long to Gold Coast from St Kilda in the off-season. 5.13k, price at 58. Halfback while he seems to have locked in, I would think, at this stage. Let's see how he goes over practice matches. Uh, his scoring can be volatile. Um, I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, yeah, obviously you have Weller there to come back at some stage and a couple of others to mix in there, but I just don't think it can be that high scoring half back that, you know, if we're going to be spending, you know, 500k, we, we need him to hit like 95 and just really burst out. And I don't think you can get that jet. So I am out on Ben Long. Yeah, it's a straight day for me, mate. It's just the price is too awkward and there's not much upside. Next one here, Sam Flanders. So he might see some uh, centre bounces with Took Miller out, which, you know, might, that might actually confuse a few coaches. Jeff, so he's a price at 508k and that's 57.4. Um, I think it's going to be way more forward usage than what it will be uh, midfield. So yeah, just like just keep an eye out if it's if it's a stack of centre benches, that's good for Flanders. But just keep in mind that Tuke Miller is coming back into that team, and where does he stand? You know, we, we're actually not going to get a, a look because Miller's going to miss both games. So you know, th- this actually really might confuse a lot of fancy coaches if Flanders is in there. Quite a big deal. So this might be. Yeah, this is actually might just throw a few coaches, but I the, I am out and I am not starting with Flanders, Jeff. Yeah, again, look, I think he's going to push the CBAs this year. I I feel like Alex Davies probably didn't take his opportunities last season and he managed to get 23% CBAs over the season. Fiorina is on the outer, as we know, and David Swallow is not getting any younger. So... You know, you can't keep relying on Miller, Rao, Anderson. I think you've got to add another one in the mix. And, look, I'm really bullish on Flanders. On Yeah, he's been in and out of my team. Um, and, look, I feel the upside's there. And, yeah, I'm going to watch him closely in the preseason, put it that way. Next one here, Will Day, 537K, price at 60.7. You know, I was at the Hawthorne intro last week, and Will Day played way more inside midfield usage than what I expected I thought I was going to see you know, at least a split of outside-inside, but it was mostly inside. Um, people obviously got to remember, it's just a look at one sort of training entry club sort of match. So uh, take that with a grain of salt, but just put it and park it as a, just one single piece of information so you can build a profile on a play. And that's what we're talking about here's Will Day. Let's see how he goes over practice matches. Um, I expect him to see a stack of inside midfield usage again. So now for me on Will Day, Jeb, it's actually just about um, scoring rate because I would suggest the role is here. Um, so yeah, if we hit, if that can we can marry up a lot of scoring rate and that might be a possible option for me. Um, so it's just one to consider. I want to see a scoring rate because I think the role is there, Jeb. Yeah, I, I look. Yeah, mid, uh, midfield applied with defender status, huge tick. Um, price is pretty. Juicy, I, I look, I like it. I really do like it. I want to see him lay some heavy tackles in the preseason. And if I see some physicality from Will Day, which we haven't really seen till his career today, and I think I'll be picking it. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see that. So you, what you're going to have to see, uh, he's just not, not that type of player. He's an outside type player. Um, there won't be any high contested 
type situation. He's just going to get a lot of receiving like, from the extractor out to him, and that's where he's going to have the impact. So what we need to probably see to him, for him, is a stack of disposals, Jet. So that's on Will Day. Let's get into the next one. So Luke Jackson moves over from uh, Melbourne to Fremantle on the offseason. Big trade, blockbuster, and 631K split rack roll with Sean Darcy. Priced at 71.3 points. Uh, it's going to be ruck forward there. Um I don't mind the pick, but the biggest question here is: is that you know what do we hit that? What does he need to score to justify spending this much money on like a mid-price chip? So for me, it's a, it's a question. I don't mind it, but you know it's a split ruck roll, so you've got to be pretty sure he's going to average. Well, man, I don't know. What do you think? 85, 90? Can he get there? Oh, look, I. I saw him in the f- flesh on Friday morning um, at Frio's Intra Club. He is incredibly fit. He obviously dominated the air. But what I was more impressed with is his groundwork. So when the ball hit the deck, he was like a cat. And just his agility for a big bloke is unreal. Um, really impressed me. And I, um, I'd actually put a pretty hard case together that he's Frio's number one ruck ahead of Darcy. I think his upside is just huge and not many ruckmen can go with him. Um, but in saying all that, he's still got to play two rucks. You know, I think Frio is structured up that way. His price at 71, yeah, what's his biggest upside? Probably 95, like you said. I think that's maxed out for him, um, and that's probably not enough at his price. Next one here, Kane Farrell. So halfback role... Uh, forecast for the seasons 590k so it's up there a little bit price at 66.5 and he got a lot of distributors uh in that halfback role darcy Byrne jones dan houston ryan burton's there as well so he got a few in, and farrell will be in that mix as well so you know is there enough ball there to suggest that he can pay off that price tag it's questionable for me like but there's probably some upside here but just how much there is I'm not sure, so what I probably need to see from Farrell is pretty much two dominating performances, and we'll see how we go with Farrell for me. Yeah, 590k mid only, it's just too awkward. There are better options are out there, I think. Next one here, Max Holmes misses a grand final, unfortunately. Big fan of Max Holmes uh, with obviously that hamstring. So 565k, price is 63.8. You're going to see an increase in midfield usage this year, Jep, from Max Holmes, uh, but it, it's probably going to be a secondary role, which is going to impact his scores. So it might be a little bit too much volatility for me. So I'll consider, have a look at it uh, for Geelong, but I'm not too sure I'm going to go there. Yeah, again, a bit like Farrell, he's mid-only, 565k, and there's quite a few other mid-prices I like in that. Range and yeah, how many can you fit in? You know, especially with our gun rooks as well. So probably a pass. Next one here, Archie Perkins learning his inside midfield craft and he's going quite well. 527k price at 59.5 midfield. I would expect that he's going to see uh, maybe a reasonable amount of inside midfield usage there this year, but it's probably going to come along with a secondary role there as well. Uh, the Bombers do have a few minutes to go through that uh, centre bounce type area, so which you know sort of limits how often Perkins can get in there. So I'm not too sure there's that much upside here. Um, I don't think I'm going to go there yet. 
Yeah, oh, look, I think it's a breakout year for him. Um, come, coming into the year as a 21-year-old, I know he's priced at 527k, but um, yeah, I think a new coach, probably a bit um, more trust in Perkins to play a more of a midfield role. I, I think there's upside here. It's just whether you want to spend that much to start round one. And he, um, I don't think he's, yeah, I'm having a quick look now. He actually didn't turn up at all last year. So probably a risky pick, but I can see the upside. Next one here, Joy Kelly. So mid-season draft pick for West Coast comes in, has a little bit of an impact, and he was quite solid, 490k, price at 55.4. He's going to play midfield here, Jep. So what we need to know from you is what can he average? Because I reckon it can be 70-plus quite easily. Mate, I think it can be 85-plus quite easily. Um, whenever I look at young fellas, especially in the AFL, I always look at their tackle numbers, and Jai Cully is not afraid to tackle. We saw that in his debut um, and his few games last year. So the surprise retirement of Jack Redden last year opens up his spot, the A spot for Cully, and I feel like he, um, he's he been moulded into the role for this year, so playing that Jack Redden role. So, look, I'm expecting huge things from Cully. Um, again, got went to uh, West Coast Intra-Club on Friday night Um Saw him in the flesh, starting at CBAs, doing all the right things. He copped a real heavy hit in a marking contest. Um, and he sort of had a couple of deep breaths and, and, and just ran it off like it was nothing. Um, incredibly tough young footballer. Lots to like. I think he's got the role. There's no secondary position for him up forward at all. Um, so, yeah, it ticks a lot, a lot of boxes for me, and I, I like the pick. Good stuff. Okay, next one here. I actually like this request. Don't think you'll get there though. So Braden Maynard, so 641k, price at 72.4. Going to see uh, defensive, and he's going to see some midfield time jet. So what I can gather out of Collingwood is that he's going to be seen at some centre bounces, and that's pretty much he'll be at the centre bounce for impact, and then move back to defence. That's what he's used in there. I don't think it's going to be a stack of centre bounce usage. They just want that big body in there for a bit of, um, I guess, toughness and competitiveness and contested situation there to, you know, extract the ball out. So he'll be used in there, uh, but I don't think it's going to be a great percentage there. So for me, I am not considering Braden Maynard. Yeah, he's not one for me. I agree with everything you said. He's just there to throw his weight around at some CBAs, a bit like Zerha for North Melbourne and what I suppose Stringer's done in the past. So... They've never really set the world alight um, in fantasy scores, and I don't think Maynard will either. Next one here, Lloyd Meek, 473k, price at 53.4, ruck forward. Um, he'll probably take over maybe just as that number one ruck. Uh, he's a, just a big unit. So it's going to be a forward, meet, forward ruck split role, um, but it's just... Yeah, what can he score? And he's going to have to rack up some disposals here, Jep. So, yeah, a split ruck roll. don't think it's going to be high disposals, so I don't think I'm going to go there with Lloyd Meek, Jep. Yeah, it's a shame. If he, he was defined as, like, the number one ruck by Sam Mitchell, I probably would consider it. But I feel like Reeves is the better tap ruckman and Lloyd Meek's strength as, being, as well as being a ruckman is his contested marking. 
So um, he's obviously more value in the forward half. So I think it will be predominantly forward um, for Meek and whatever the split is, say I'm going to go 60-40, so six, uh, 40% for Meek on ball, and that's not enough, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it'll be situational based on the opposition ruck. So, you, I mean, which actually just just suggests that there's volatility because, you know, it's based on opposition. And, you know, how do you know which ones Sam Mitchell thinks is uh, better for Meek and better for Reeves there? So, yeah, just a bit of volatility there. Next one here, Hunter Clark. Bit of interest here for me. So 604K, 68.2 starting average. Now, he's, I think he's going to see... Pretty much solid midfield UCG, Jeb. So down at Saints intro last week. So hopefully we see the same over the next couple of weeks. He was used a stack at stoppages. So let's see how his role progresses over the practice matches and uh, see how he settles in. But yeah, this could be a pretty solid midfield usage type scenario here for Hunter Clark. So definitely one I'm looking at and will consider, Jeb, if that role is there in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'd consider him too. I'd uh, I'd like to see him in the flesh, you know, working through the middle for St Kilda and how the mix and splits work. But um, yeah, as a defender, you know, low six hundred thousand from memory, it's uh, it's quite appealing, isn't it? So I think we sit on the fence for now and keep an eye watch this. But he could be a really, really value pick and an underrated value pick at that. Next one here, Nick Nick Haynes for GWS five twenty two. Fifty-nine average. Uh, if he's back playing that intercept defender role, and we're only going to see the Giants play once over preseason in that practice match, uh, if he's back playing that intercept defender role, there is definitely some upside here for me. Um, I think he can uh, score well in excess of that fifty-nine average. So yeah, just one to consider for me. I just want to see the role, and then obviously take into account uh, other situations, other positions there at GWS. So. Yeah, and that just sort of plays into the Himmel- Himmelberg situation. You know, Haynes is back there playing that intercept role. That pretty much locks in that Himmelberg is starting forward. So, yeah, if he can claim that position and lock it in uh, pretty much, I'll consider it. Uh, but we obviously need to see a stack of intercept marks here, Jeff. So I'll wait and see. A bit of a consider here for me. Yes, look, it's a straight no from me for Haynes. I, I'm sticking with my theory to try pick midfielders. And, you know, we're going to need Haynes and those types of players, the intercepting markers to, you know, get eight-plus marks a game week in, week out, and I just can't see that happening with Haynes, so it's a nice... Next one here, Tanner Bruin, Geelong, moves over from GWS to Geelong. Uh, it's probably going to see a decent amount of midfield usage, but maybe the Cats are going to roll with a stack through that midfield and centre bounce situation there this year, as they did last year, folks. So 471k, priced at 53.2. When he's seen some inside midfield usage at his career at the Giants, he was actually quality and he can score. I think there's some genuine upside here uh, for Tanner Bruin, and it's definitely one I'll consider. But, you know, back to what you said earlier about Chris Scott, you know, can't trust and, you know, we've been burnt before and with a couple of Chris Scott things. So, yeah, we're going to have to really find some clarity on that centre bounce and that rota- midfield rotation and, and Bruin has to going to have to be a, pretty much a lock and you, know, you can't poke any holes in it to sort of lock that pick in but certainly one I'm going to consider Jeff. Yeah it's it's a hard read isn't it just with the whole Geelong scenario but I, look I can see a world where Bruin 
plays a lot of midfield for Geelong, you know, straight off the bat. So, yeah, wait and see. Um, his price is very tempting. That's the thing. So I might get swayed here after the preseason matches. Next one here, Ben Cunnington, 668K, 75.5. He's going to be used through the midfield, we know that, but he's also going to be used forward. So we're talking about a split role. But I think it's going to be quite a bit at the centre bounces and then potentially move forward as general play uh, proceeds. Now, uh, the one thing that listening to um, North Melbourne coaches after their intro last week is that, you know, his, his like, benefit to and what he adds to North Melbourne is his work at stoppages. So that just reiterates what he's going to be used as a centre bounces and at stoppages and then progress forward. So it's 75.5. I think there's a little bit of upside here, but just how much do we actually need, Jeff? I think we need a lot more than 85 to be genuinely interested, and we probably have to hit 90s. I'm not too sure he's going to get there, so I don't think I'm going in the Cunnington scenario here. Yeah, I'd love to do it, but um, he hasn't played 22 games for the last three years. The last time he did that was in 2019, and yeah, I, I can't really um, go there and, and risk that much spend um, with, with the injury risks and, and the like. Um, I do like his, you know, I agree, he, his best use is at stoppage and um, he's probably a bit underrated there. I, I remember one game watching him live against West Coast, he absolutely dominated and was probably the sole reason why North beat us um, a couple of years back. So, um, yeah, interesting how it plays out, but not for me. Next one here, Xavier Dersma, Port Adelaide, for 89k price of 55.3. Pretty much going to be used uh, as a wing. Uh, you might see some inside midfield usage there as well. Uh, we did see Carl Amon post um, some pretty reasonable scores last year for Port Adelaide, but it sounds like the Port want to move the ball pretty much like every other team a whole lot quicker this season. I think Dersma's underpriced. I think there's a a reasonable amount of value here. Um, it's one I'll consider if it fits for me uh, salary cap-wise, Jeff. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's just all these mid-only, mid-prices. Mm. Like, you can only have probably two maximum, in my opinion. Um, so is he the best candidate of the lot? Probably not. Um, but, you know, keep an open mind. There's 100% there's upside, and if he gets back to his... Um, you know, his rookie year, that first year where he really ran the lines hard and picked up heaps of marks and kicks, I think he can do well. Next one here, Dom Sheed, 591k, 66.8 mid. So I think uh, you may have a differing opinion. So I think we're going to see a stack of midfield usage, but I think it's going to be a combination of inside and outside. What we can't have him, Jep, is sitting out on that wing, which you know, might be a little bit of volatile scoring. I, I think there's some genuine upside here, but you know we're talking maybe 85. Can he hit 90? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of where you project him to average for the season. Um, he's probably going to be popular. Uh, I'll consider it. At this stage, I do not have him. Yeah, no, I, I like the pick. I don't think he'll play on the wing. At all, I think he's been trained and touted for the year as an inside mid only. I think the the positional changes with Shuey and Yo and Jimby and the like that's 
you know, they've been pretty um, consistent with those rotations. And she, what I've seen this preseason, has always been an inside mid. So that's what I'm expecting for the season. I think he's a, as you would say, Pete, a smash pick for the year. Yeah, so let's just talk through this one a little bit more. I just, just want to expand on this one. So if we're going Shui, Yo, and Jimby, just say they're in a three rotation, halfback mid. Do you agree with that? Uh, Maybe just a, yeah, a trio, that, a yeah, rotation. That, yeah. In essence, yes. Yeah. In essence, yes. Okay, so then we go Tim Kelly is going to be in there a stack, yeah? yeah. And then we go Joy Kelly is going to be in there a stack, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go Dom Sheed's going to be in there a stack. That, well, if we're already counted six, how's that work for Sheed? Yeah, so I think the the three the three that are going to get the highest is is actually Yo, Sheed, and Tim Kelly. I think they're going to protect Luke Shuey a lot, um, whether it's you know as an outsider, halfback, wherever. Um, I think Jinby is not going to get as many centre bounces as everyone thinks. Um, he'll get a few, you know, probably twenty five percent. But yeah, the the cruts of the CBAs will be the the. Um, more experienced fellas with Jai Cully. Yeah, so then it comes out to, to average um, for Dom Sheed. Like, uh, for me, I absolutely agree that uh, there's some pretty good upside here. It's just, you know, what is it going to be? And 66.8, it, it does scream juicy. Um, we'll see how we go with me. Uh, but it currently, is, as I said, I don't have him at this stage. I might flip back there. Already let... Just sorry. Sorry, just one last thing on Sheed, mate, uh, and West Coast as a whole. West Coast, to me, they'll be competitive in some games, but you know, typically they won't be. So there'll be times where they still play a slower ball kick mark game. You know, whether they want to play a fast flat deck game, running game, that's the game plan as such. But there's always going to be times where they've got to hold on to the ball, and Sheed doesn't kill you with his kicking. So he's going to find himself open a lot and I just feel like he's going to hit every stat line this year and, and do really well. On to the next one here, his teammate Elliot Yo discussed him a little bit just there, 625k 70.6 average, mid half back critically here is healthy at this stage and that's what we need to hear first and foremost Second, secondly, and you just Reiterated, you think he's going to be in the top three of centre bounces, and so do I. I think it's going to be high centre bounces. Uh, those who haven't listened to the podcast already, I did interview Ryan Daniels on the previous podcast to this. I did the Fremantle podcast as well, so go back to the West Coast one that's on the Twitter feed right now, and he sort of forecasts Yo to be very high centre bounces and high midfield usage rather than the half back. Which lends into, if you think Sheeta's going to be a smash pick, I'm probably leaning towards Yo being to that one. Obviously, we can roster him in the defensive line, so it's a high consideration here for me for Elliot Yo, Jeff. Yeah, it's almost automatic, mate. Um, saw him again in the flesh Friday night. He was best on ground by a long, long way. He loves to tackle, we know that. And, um, you know, Optus Stadium, when he does play halfback, he's going to get quite a few plus sixes. So, again, like Sheed, there's a lot of ticks to um, to the boxes of the criteria, and um, yeah, you'd be having to argue pretty hard for me not to pick him round one. Next one here, Toby McLean for the Bulldogs, 401k, which is very juicy because we know he can score, and that is 45.3 points. I think there's a stack of upside here. I think we'll see 
hopefully we see some midfield usage. We're pretty much going to see potentially a flank and outside. So what's that going to do? Unfortunately, we're only going to see the Bulldogs in one legitimate practice match. So uh, that's going to leave a stack of doubt. You know, are the positions what we see in that one practice match, are they legitimate compared to what's going to happen in the earlier part of the season? Because that 401k price tag is really juicy. Obviously, we can roster him forward there as well. So I'll consider, we'll have a look at McLean uh, over the next week or so, and then we'll make a decision from there. So, but definitely one I'm considering at this stage. Yeah, he's uh, he's a very appealing player to pick in your forward line. Um, he scored 100 in the Bulldogs final last year in 2022. So that was his only game for the year um, and did really well. So, um, yeah, liking McLean a lot. Wayne Miller, so 441k, priced at 49.8. Obviously had his injury issues here over his career, uh, and it really it was Adelaide were really optimistic to start of last season, and he never got even close to doing anything decent there as well. So potentially we're going to see him at half back, but you know what does he do? Jordan Dawson is that main distributor, and don't think we've got Brody Smith there as well. So what what can Miller do? Price at 50. You know, it's going to have to be a stack of upside from there. And, you know, with a couple of other main distributors in that halfback line, if that's where Ed Miller is going to start, I don't think he can get there at a huge upside. So I think I'm going to be out on Miller. Yep. Yeah, I'm out on Miller too, mate. I just can't afford those injuries. If I'm going to pick guys like Yo, who has had a recent injury history, then I can't double up with Malira as well. Yeah, how many do you want in your team with that, that risk every every single week, I guess, yeah? Exactly. It's just, it becomes a bit calculated and, you know, we're anticipating injuries and that's not easy, obviously, but it's about mitigating the risk as best as you can. Next one here, Mitch McGovern, price at 540k, price at 61. I don't think I can go there, yet. Yeah, there's not much upside with the way, you know, Carlton was structured in that back six. So, yeah, it's a pass. Next one here, Scott Lysett. 622k, I think he might be popular, Jeff. So, uh, to start the season, price at 70.3. I agree there's a little bit upside here. Uh, he'll play pretty much that number one ruck role. But Jeremy Finlayson struggling with an injury to get to round one, and, and likely he's going to miss early rounds. Not confirmed yet, but... He's going to struggle to get to round one. So that leaves a tall vacancy, and pretty much it could be looking at a dual ruck setup to start the season for Lysette, and that's what we can't really have. We're going to spend that much coin on him. Um, so I think I'm going to be out on considering uh, Lysette at round one. Uh, it's an interesting play for how Port tackled this. I. You know, we both agree Lysett's the number one ruckman and, and will play predominantly, will get the majority of CBA numbers. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom, even if, say, Tickle shares the load with him because they'll play Tickle a bit more up forward. So, yeah, look, oh, jury's out, but I, I don't mind the pick. Yeah, don't discount Dante Vicentini uh, getting a go as well. So uh, pretty good reports coming out of Port Adelaide. Adelaide for young Dante. So the next one here, we have Darcy Tucker. Uh, pretty much a, a interrupted preseason for him. 457k, 
I might even be used in a number of roles, so but yeah, you know, interrupt the preseason chip for Tucker, I am out. Yeah, agreed, mate. We can't um you know, I think we our lessons learned over previous season is you can't risk the players that have an an interrupted pre season, so it's a no from me too. Tristan Cherry, so five eighty seven K, sixty six point three starting price. Uh, is the handover happened really? Is it is, is he clearly number one ruck? Uh, is there a strong possibility that is the case? Uh, if that's the case, you know his price tag might mightn't be that bad. Obviously, he was value last year, but if he's going to claim that number one spot, um, we need to have a really strong look at that ruck situation in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, Goldstein up there in age. Uh, when does that transition fully happen and how is it going to happen with how Clarko sets up that ruck scenario for North Melbourne? So I haven't ruled out this stage. I'll certainly consider. I want to have a look at what North Melbourne do in the next couple of weeks, Jeff. Yeah, I'd like to see something definitive, um, you know, with Cherry being the number one ruckman. Don't forget they got Coleman Jones in the background too. So maybe Clarko's strategy might be, you know, Goal seen as a mentor for this season and won't play a lot. And Cherry is number one, and Coleman Jones pinch hitting from forward to to ruck as well. So we don't know. Um, let's keep an eye on the preseason games and determine it from there. This one here, Marcus Windhager, 448k, price at 50.6 mid, and should see pretty decent midfield usage at that. Um, you know, he can obviously he was used in a tagging role last year, and he was really effective. So. You know, we know Ross Lyon has preferred a tagger scenario previously. So, I mean, is it in the front of my mind, is it, okay, he might be okay one week, but the volatility where he's been set a player to shadow the next week is just it's just way too much risk for me to start messing around with a mid-pricer there. So it's just too much risk here for me for Windhager. Um, he can get the ball, but, you know, if he's set for a shadow well, in any given week, that's just going to destroy the spend here. So no consideration here for me. Uh, yeah, look, I don't think I'll be going there either. Uh, I will. He's on my watch list for for his role in the preseason game when he got someone priced at fifty one with you know forward eligibility and it looks like he's going to play a, a pure mid role this season. Then um, you can't rule him out completely. It's, yeah, but like you said, it. It might be a case-by-case, week-by-week basis with Winhager and his role, and that could um, rule me out as well. Yeah, so I just want to expand on this one here a little bit as well. Is it what possibility, Jeff, do you think that Ross Lyon is going to throw a tag in the preseason? Because I just think it, it could be next to zero. So what we could see is Windhager get a bit of ball, and that might just convince people to go with him. And then obviously that you know looking at that round one matchup against Fremantle is that he could be sent straight to Brayshaws and it'll be just a waste of money selecting him. So yeah, what sort of chance I would ask you is Ross Lyon going to throw a tag in practice matches? I would say very little. Yeah, well it might not be Winhager, right? So they could do a Seb Ross could do a run with roll or even Mitch Owens to a point. Um, it might not be Winhager. That's the thing and. Like you said, he, he might not play a tagger. So, like, we just don't know. Um, we've got to watch closely. We're probably not going to know um, from the preseason games either, as you know, typically they don't, um, you know, do run with roles in the preseason. It's just um, to get the run in your legs as well. But, but Jack Bytel is the other one that I think is coming 
through the ranks um, and could play that tagging role also. So, yeah, let's just keep a watch on him. I just, we just, too many question marks and we probably won't even have all the answers before round one. Next one here, Ed Richards, halfback for the Bulldogs. So 648K, 73.2. Halfback role, as I said as well. I think he can score okay. It's just, you know, we're going to have to see 85 plus, 90, and I don't think he can get there, Jeff. So I am out on Richards. He can score, but, yeah, I just, I'm just out on this one. Yeah, when your starting price is 73, you're pretty much banking a 95 plus, and I don't think he can achieve that in the Bulldogs this year. Um, and if he's going 95 plus, that puts him as a top six defender. So I have others ahead of him. 648,000, I'm going to spend my money elsewhere. Next one, Sam Draper for Essendon, 524k, uh, 59.2 starting average. Going to play Ruck, and he's progressing quite quite nicely in his career. But just how much ball can he actually get, Jeff? So you're spending 524k, you, you want to be seeing a well in excess of 80 average. Can he get there, do you think? No, I don't think he's going to get enough possessions to get those numbers, mate. I think the way his style of plays is a physical presence, a tap Ruckman, you know, the odd impact and possession here and there, but he's not a, you know, the best mark in, in the world either, and he doesn't cover the ground the best. You know, that might change this season, but, yeah, too, too many variables for me to pick him. Yeah, I agree with that one. Next one here, Josh Rochelle, so 461k, price at 52.1, going to play a stack of forward usage and pinch hit in the midfield. The issue is here, it's probably not going to be enough midfield usage for Rochelle. And the next player we've got here is Isaac Rankin here as well, so might as well throw him into the same conversation. But when they go forward, they're going to get quality defenders and they're going to be shadowed quite tightly. So I don't think they're going to get... They'll have their days where they get off the leash, perfect, but I just think it's way too volatile. It's not going to be high midfield usage for Rochelle and Rankin, so I'm going to be out on both, Chip. Yeah, it's, look, I, it would not surprise me, mate, if um, Rochelle just has a blinder of a season, a real second-year breakout by being thrown into the midfield a little bit. Um, he's a quality, quality ball user, so I think he adds value to the midfield mix of Adelaide, no doubt about it. Um but, yeah, the consistency of scores that we need from uh, Rochelle, he's going to have to hit 75-plus every week from the get-go. So can he do it? Probably. It's, it's you know, it's not a given. Um, but I actually really like him as a pick. I think if I can see some centre-bounce, you know, guarantee usage there and play more up the ground, I I really can see a breakout from Rochelle, and I'd... Yeah, I've got him high on my watch list. Rankin, not so much. I feel like Rankin's fitness is still not quite there yet um, to be an accumulator of the football, um, and he's just too crafty in front of goals. Next one here, Dustin Martin. So he's pretty much had a pretty decent preseason here, Jeff. So 677K, 76.5 starting average, forward midfield. So... I believe like he's still going to get those centre bounces to be a burst player there for Richmond as well. But there's potentially he's going to start a stack forward um, and play that almost like that Dylan Moore role. Is that he's going to go all the way back to D50 and then just be used on ball transition back to the forward line. So 
Um, it's up to him, Price, getting up there in age, but he's had a pretty strong preseason, Jeb, and we know he can score. It may be just too volatile here. Yeah, the wrong side of 30, mate. Like, 31, Price at 76. You know, you got Taranto and Hopper in the team. His, his domination in the midfield days are probably done. Um, that's not to say he's not going to play midfield at all. You definitely see centre bounce issues in spurts, but what we need from Dusty is pure mid, and that's not happening this season, so it's a pass. Next one here, Patrick Dangerfield, 674k, really cheap compared to what he's done over his career. 76.2, that is priced at. Uh, it's going to see pretty strong midfield usage here, Jeb, uh, but we'll obviously spend some time forward. So here's the thing, Jeb, if he... If he dominates in the preseason, everyone's going to be looking at that price tag and thinking, you know, we've got a bargain because we know he's going to be in there and we know he can score. He was excellent last year in that final series for Geelong. So uh, he's fit, he's okay. You know, I'm not ruling it out. Uh, I know he's up there in age, but I'm certainly not ruling it out at this stage for Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah, I, you're more game than me. I can't do it. I not, have not even considered him at all and I don't think I, I will just... You know, having that body managed, he's that bash and crash type player. The soreness will kick in. No doubt he have a week or two off during the season. So, yeah, pass from me. Next one here, Matt Rowell, 664K, price at 75, mid. You know, I guess how much upside can there be here? I mean, he could hit 90, I think, uh, but he might actually still be appropriately priced. So I don't think I'm going to consider Rowell at round one, Jeff. Yeah, no, me neither. He's like it's been well talked about amongst the community, the fantasy community, that he struggles to take the marks and break away from the stoppages, and you know that's not really his job. He's not his job is to extract. So yeah, it's a pass from me. Next one here is Bradley Hill for St Kilda, six six three k price at seventy four point nine. Going to play a stack of wing, and he's also going to drift back into D50 there as well when possible. So he'll probably see more wing than halfback, but probably a combination of both throughout certain games there as well. I think he's a little bit un- underpriced, but I'm certainly not going there. Uh, but the other thing is here is that he's had a fantastic preseason. Yeah, I, I don't mind the pick here. I think if we remember to Ross Lyons, the old days at Frio. He loves playing through the wings. I think Bradley Hill obviously has had experiences with Ross before at Fremantle. Uh, there's obviously a liking there. His role's been pretty clear from the get-go at pre-season. So defender status, I, I'm not ruling it out at all. Um, probably more unlikely than likely, but I think he's a good pick. Next one here, for those who don't know, Christian Salem battling a thyroid issue. Uh, it's probably going to be out for a little bit there. So 653k, 73.8. Let's not talk about round one here. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about throughout the season. Is it a potential uh, downgrade or upgrade or however you want to see it? Uh, kind of depends on his fitness, doesn't it, and how underdone he comes in and what he produces. So a bit open to that. I... Um yeah, I'd say mid-prices during the season is more unlikely. So, yeah, it's a pass. Next one here is Josh Ward for Hawthorne. Going to see pretty decent midfield usage there this year with Mitchell and O'Meara out the door at the Hawks. 634k, price at 
I'm saying there's pretty decent upside here. I'm definitely considering Jeff. Yeah, it is tempting, isn't it? We all saw his class um, around the ball when his kicking is just elite. He, he ticks a lot of boxes. I I just wary of, I suppose, a drawing to the negative um, is the way the Hawks are going to get beaten around the stoppages and is that going to affect Ward scores in the in the long run? Um, you know, overall over a long season, and I think it will. Last one here, Will Setterfield for Essendon. So still in a battle to claim a midfield spot uh, to start the season, and if he does, he'll be used as that tall, uh, bigger body inside mid, so he can extract out to uh, the likes of Zach Merritt and Darcy Parish. Price at six ten k. A midfielder, obviously, and uh, 68.9. Um, I'm going to say there's only just a touch upside here in his scoring output, Jep. I don't think there's a great deal. Um, I was considering earlier in the preseason, but just having a look at what I think he can score, I just don't think there's enough. So I don't think I'm going to go with Will Setterfield, Jep. Well, I'm actually quite the opposite. I think he can score. I think he's... Fantasy games somewhat underrated, um, being shadowed by Cripps and Doherty and the champions at Carlton. So he's just going to play that extractor role. He's going to get the tackles. He can take a mark. He's tall and pretty good overhead. I, I like it a lot. Um, and he's not that popular, which suits me just fine. All right, Jeff. So we've got a couple of practice matches upcoming. What are your final thoughts heading into those? Yeah, just look, it, I've got my, you know, watch list and just solidifying role in the practice matches. Again, like we said at the top, just making sure who's missing, how does that affect, um, you know, what the chain reaction is in terms of roles and positions. And, um, yeah, the way players move, are they sore or are they hindered by anything or are they moving freely and looking fit and um, up for the challenge of the big season ahead, you know, We've got an extra round of footy this season, um, and we all know how hard it is to get up week in, week out over 22 weeks. Now they've got to do it over 23. So um, it's a long year, and um, we've got to pick the fittest players available, I think. A couple of things for me here. So uh, for me, it's really important the opening centre bounce. If you're looking at uh, midfielders, I think both weeks should be pretty sound. Um, but, yeah... Q1 and Q2, so quarters one and two, that's pretty important. Anything after there, I pretty much ignore, uh, but obviously it's player health is most important there as well. And the second one there is we're going to get a pretty decent look on week two of the practice matches, Jep. I believe most teams are going to be pretty close to full strength. So, yeah, let's have a look this week, you know, take some information out and then start to lock in and we were going to get a pretty decent indication, you know, those lower priced uh, players, you know, whether they're a genuine chance for round one. So the second week of the practice matches is pretty much the critical one of there. So just final thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. I agree with everything you said. I think we just can't get too caught up in, in scores itself, it's it's more about role and, and the fitness of key players and our the players that we want in our fantasy teams. Alrighty, until the next podcast, Jeb, enjoy your evening over in Perth and we'll speak to the listeners. Thank you for those requests this time. We'll speak to the listeners next time.
Thanks, guys.